MyWax Museum is a proud member of the Create Find and is produced by Mecco Radio. Hey guys, just before we get into today's podcast, I wanted to recommend that you go and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Mecco Radio. You can also follow us at MyWax Museum, but if you want those sweet announcements I've been teasing, you'll want to follow the Mecco Radio pages. Again, that's at M-E-C-H-O Radio. On Instagram and Twitter, you can also check us out at M-E-C-H-O Radio. That's MeccoRadio.com. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by Maxine Blake. Maxine sings in gospel choirs. She skis, she teaches, and does so much more. She also writes. I mean, she's awesome. I loved this conversation with someone who really makes the most of her life. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Maxine Blake, welcome to My Wax Museum. Hello, Alex. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I'm excited to have you back on. We recorded a podcast previously. Uh, do you want to fill in the audience on like how we got in touch? This is like a very normal story for half of the interviews I've been doing lately, especially with what the last year has been like. But if you want to fill everybody in, I'll let you roll ahead and do that. Yeah, well, you have uh, another amazing podcast uh, talks about broken bulbs. And so I applied and said, really, you, you need to talk to me because I have exposures on exposures. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm a teacher and I've taught for 37 years and I teach post 16 and because I teach sport, I teach mostly boys. So sometimes they ask me interesting questions, maybe about anatomy parts or how I can help them in certain things, or I might have the odd proposal or the odd date, but oh, it's not a date, Maxine. Or I might have the odd bodily exposure when I've done outdoor activities and I've gone down a hole the wrong way, clothes have just disappeared and I'm panicking. So I talked to you a little bit about those exposures and what I learned from them. I'm not sure that I told you I learned anything, but it was funny at the time anyway, because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's still funny. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we did a couple interviews together. Two of those episodes have come out. One came out in May, and then one just came out last month in August. And uh, it, they, well, I, this, because this interview is coming out in September. So they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, so they, they've, those two have already come out. You can listen episodes 53 and 94. Great, great conversation, hilarious stories. So uh, I knew after I did that interview, I'm like, I have to have Maxine on again because I feel like we don't laugh enough on My Wax Museum. And so <laughs> no pressure, but uh, no, I'm expecting no. this to be a good conversation. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure it will be. I think so too. So do you want to start us off on where you're from originally? Where were you born? Okay, so I was born in the West Midlands, and it also has a, a bit of a nickname called the Black Country. It's not just because of people in the Caribbean that went there. It was about the industry at the time. So, and then I, so I grew up there. I grew up in a, a, a quite a gospel-orientated um, church, and as, as you do, as everybody did then, we were in a, I had a band, and then 
moved on. I went to university in Sheffield, which is known for it being similar to Rome as it has seven hills. Met my husband here and I have stayed and I've been a teacher all of that time with some interesting little bits in between. And I've sang with, oh, if I, if I say I, I sang with Elvis, they'll go, well, gosh, you must be smelling really bad. Because how old? Because Elvis has been dead a long time, right? <laughs> <laughs> with one of my other gospel choirs, when Elvis had his, his he didn't have anything. He was, he was long dead. But he had his first world tour after he was dead. We were asked to be one of the choirs to sing on the stage with his original band and his backing singers. So that that was amazing. So we we're kind of on this stage, looking at his backing singers, and Elvis is on the screen behind us. And in front of us in the arena were thousands of other Elvises, which is just the most bizarre experience. You've got to hold it all together and you know and sing all the stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Okay, I yeah. feel like Elvis is the most commonly dressed up as. Yeah. Like yeah, there's the most uh, Elvis lookalikes. Out of any any singer, any person ever, you get the most Elvises. I feel I feel that. like that's a yeah. thing. I yeah. wasn't expecting about 10,000 Elvises, though, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy, actually. Yeah. Was it like an Elvis conference? <laughs> like, what was... No, it was, it, was, it was his world tour. You know how you go to a concert, right? And normally, because uh, a person's so small, you can't see them. You see them on the screen at the back. Mm -hmm. Well, it was that. It was Elvis doing the, his lead stuff. And then the choir and his original backing singers and his band playing the music live whilst he was singing at the same time. And people paid a fortune to come and see this. We Interesting. Were we were very yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. So, yeah. okay, I, I like to kind of start in the childhood. So where, like, where did that gospel singing come from? Like, was that something you grew up doing? Yeah. I was, I, yeah, I grew up in a church, um, sang in the, the, the choir, I, but I think the only reason why anybody could sing in the choir because you were young. You didn't necessarily have to, have to have a good voice, but luckily for us, we had lots of people who could write stuff and, and sing, and so some of us got together, did, um, we're, we're in a group, and I um, then did some directing as well when I came to Sheffield, so when I came to the church up here, I was doing the directing, and then I kind of went, oh, I really need some real good singing so and to the people who sang at my wedding who were in a band I was then going to this local uh um little outdoor festival and they were singing on the stage and my husband went why don't you join them and I went oh I am so joining that that band and so there I was in this choir which then ended up doing the Elvis stuff and ended up doing a few tours and then we did at Christmas we had to wear the red gowns for a certain um Fizzy Pop Company. Oh, you know yeah, yeah. Talking mm -hmm. about? The holidays are coming. Yeah. Sing that theme tune every day for a week and then sing. So which would change every now and then for the other paid kind of gigs and represented. That is really so, cool. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. So is there like, I know nothing about, like I've been in a choir before, like a church choir, yeah. right? But I don't know anything yeah. about like a community gospel choir, like, how how do you get involved with this? Like, how did that start? You just kind of fell into it or auditioned or what? Again, um, I had a friend from volleyball because I used to play uh, National League, quite Division One volleyball. I hadn't seen her for years. And she said, oh, yeah, you need to watch BBC because I'm in this, I'm singing in this competition. I thought, 
well, you can't even talk. How do you sing? <laughs> and I, but I, yeah, I didn't say that to her. I just didn't say it to her. I went, oh, okay, I'll watch it. And then I hadn't realised she was, she was in some, so she was in Manchester. And if you're a football player, as in soccer, I'm not sure whether you say soccer, you'll know Manchester United, Manchester City. And I was from Sheffield and I watched it. I realised there was a choir from Sheffield on. I went, oh, I'm in Sheffield. How do I not know this? And she was in the choir from Manchester. Well, her choir won. Ours didn't. So I went, right, okay. So I, I need to see how good these guys are. And I went to one Christmas concert and it just blew my mind. And I went, no, next year I'm going to be on that stage. I'm going to be singing because the lead singer uh, is a woman called Janine Dyer. She was an international singer. She was on the, a competition called The Voice too. And she's done lots of, oh, her, her voice, you, you just cry if you hear her sing. And I went, I, I, I want to be in your choir. So I signed up and I've been there for six years. So yeah, yeah. And we've done, so if you've heard of Take That, the British band. I have not. Gary Barlow, you might not have. Well, they're, they're, they're very big here. So again, uh, last year, the year before, we were on stage and we did a few, quite a few dates singing with them. So when you're in a, a, a massive, massive band, everybody goes, oh my God. And then somebody's walking past you, remember the band is looking at you, giving you the thumbs up and you're going, I, I can't do anything, I have to sing. But they're really wanting to acknowledge that they're there. While, while so they're, they're on a travelator. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. So we are there in front of thousands and thousands of people again and singing away. But this time, at least the guys were real and, and it was amazing. Yeah. That is so, so cool. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so like, what is it, what is it that draws you into the gospel choir and, and gospel singing? If you've ever heard the harmonies, it just speaks to your soul. And, I, and I'm good at picking up harmonies and creating them for somebody. But then my choir director, she finds some of the tone that I would never have heard of that you have to sing. So if you do a cappella, so if you sing without music, you can hear four, five part harmony. And that's what we can do. And to be able to hold your own while somebody else is singing totally different notes and just feel what that music is about. It, it just anybody, they don't have to listen to God. They're, they are, when we did our concerts um, at Christmas, now over a year ago, we sold out in days, absolutely sold out in days. And, and they were queuing outside. And that, that just makes you go, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness! I, I can't. I can't say anything more. You just have to listen to some some stuff, and let your let your heart just be. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's something about music, you know that that gets people. Yeah, uh, and I I have heard that it's about like uh, it's a bit of an exposure of yourself, right? Like it's really opening up. Oh, yeah. We know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. <laughs> I, th I think that's really cool. And I do, uh, I, I do want to hear a little bit more about um, your, your career before we get more into the future and present. I want to hear like what your career was like and maybe talk about your hobbies too. So let's start on career, like how, cause you taught and I, anybody who has listened to the broken bulbs episodes with you know that you were a teacher and so how did you get started teaching? When I was about 12, 13, um, I remember that we had what was called the senior mistress and she gave a talk. And before then I was going to be a nurse because my father said, that's what you ought to be. And I just, you know, I just thought, yeah, okay. I hated hospitals, by the way. I just, but I just went, 
my dad says I need to because there aren't any jobs or anything. And then I remember walking along a corridor and hearing two members of staff saying, no, she'll make a great RS teacher, that's religious studies. I know, I think she'll make a great PE teacher. And I walk and I look back and I, I suddenly realised, they're talking about me. And I went, oh, wow, can I do that? And then I went home and I said to my dad, right, that's it, I'm going to teach. And he went, no. And I thought, actually, I feel it in my bones. I, I, I've researched it a bit. And he said, no, have you not seen the news? The teachers are cleaning toilets because there are no jobs. I went, no, not this teacher. I'm going to be great. I'm going to change some lives. People have changed mine. And my, the one PE teacher, when he came to the school, he opened our eyes up to so many different things. I'd never climbed mountains before. I'd never... Um, bivouacked I'd never canoed before I'd never done any bouldering before and all the outdoor stuff he taught me how to do that hence my my outdoorsiness now so I just went well I can teach other people this because we're living in a place where we're not that far from being out you don't have to have special equipment it doesn't cost you a lot like it would do you know football kit and so on and because it's a fresh air and you're going up the hills that's perfect kind of exercise because if you think about the amount of sport that people take from their school and they play out of school, it's 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 very, very small. So I wanted to give them something they could do and carry on doing and they can make it a, a family lifestyle and it's just healthier. So that, that was my aim, really. That's really cool. That is really cool. Did you, like, was was physical fitness and health always a big thing for you? Yeah, I, I'd always played a lot of sport. I was quite academic as well, but so every lunchtime and then after school, we'd be, we'd be playing sport too. And, and amazingly, my parents would let me go away and do the weekends away and we'd be down in Wales, which is a beautiful, beautiful country and they have the best shortcake. You have to have it if you come. Really? Yeah, and the mountains are great. So yeah, we were canoeing and gorge walking and kayaking and sailing and abseiling. And I love to jump off bridges. There's a story. Uh, but, so yeah, and I discovered I have no fear of heights. So wow, well, I can walk next next to a cliff edge, and I'm absolutely fine. And yeah, so I just love the outdoors. Love the outdoors. Hey guys, Alex popping in here at halftime just to remind you to go and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. I've been teasing these announcements for a little bit here. We have some super cool projects coming up. You can check us out at Mecco Radio on Instagram and Twitter or at MeccoRadio.com. Can't wait to see you over there. Can't wait to share these announcements and share what we've been working on. Now, on to the show. That is awesome. Okay, tell tell me the bridge jumping story. Well, my husband had, um, and yeah, I should call him Jack, like Jack of all trades. He'd got some um, old VHS tapes from uh, somebody that he was putting, he was just digitizing. And he found a recording of us a few, uh, quite a few years ago. So I was really quite ill about 30 odd years ago and I entered a competition on the radio. So I thought, yeah, this sounds, this sounds good. I'll, win. I'll, I'll enter the competition. And then I get a phone call from the radio saying, you've won. And I went, oh my God, I've won. My husband is gonna go to France and he's going to bungee jump. And he went, it's for two. And I went, oh God. It's for the two. Oh, that means I have to do it too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we fly to France. We have the champagne breakfast. We get to this viaduct. I look over the bridge and just go, oh, it's really high, isn't it? I can't do this. And they give you this waiver. You have to sign this disclaimer and everything. And it's a bit like if you've ever seen any pirate films 
when you're on, you get your legs strapped together and you have to hop onto the end of this board. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to die right now. And they say to you, so when you, we'll shout, we'll, we'll shout you down. We'll call the numbers down three, two, one. You just swallow, dive out, turn and look at the camera and wave. Is that not the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard? <laughs> sounds and, easy. I just thought, <laughs> yeah, it sounds so easy. Meanwhile, in front of me, this French woman is getting quite hysterical and then she's in tears. They have to pull her back because I said, well, we can't force you off, you can't do it. So I had to sit there, hands over my ears, just singing to myself to calm myself down because she was hysterical. And every time I could hear a voice going up another octave, I thought, I can't do this. And I went, oh, come on, you can do it. So I just stride on, I sign this thing. They strap my legs together. I hop onto the end. <laughs> And they just they say, look at the camera, and I'm waving, going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And then before they get to one, I've just dived off. And then I feel this amazing rush, and I'm spinning in the air, and I see the camera going, oh, as time stood still, I can wave at this camera. And it was, it was just great. And you do, yeah, you do this thing, you wave through, you go through the air. And, I, and he played me the, the recording just today, and that was 30 years ago. And I thought, and I still looked like I was quite calm, but inside I know the knots were just, my stomach was griping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then I went, I can do this. Uh, so that, that was one story. Um, and then when I was in uh, Colombia a few years ago, my husband's son, and the first day we literally saw a murder. And Colombia's a murder, it just, and that, and that petrified murder, I just went, oh, oh my God. Am I going to be okay? But then, you know, the whole trip was fine. We, there were a few robberies and things, but we we, we survived. We we're okay. Then my husband decided he was going to go to some um, a, a canoeing thing, and I thought, no, I think I'll just do some parasending. I've never done it before. So there's me in this minibus with these Colombians, and I'm looking round, going, I'm the only Brit, non-Colombian. Oh my God, am I being kidnapped? I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's what's happening. <laughs> but it was it was fine. So you, you kind of get this, um, you get strapped on. And then I went, okay, so I'm with this strange man. I have to be up against him, and I'm not into the also personal. I don't even know your first name bit. How's that going to be? Me me standing behind this guy, and you kind of lie on this cushion next to this guy whilst you're strapped in and he just says you're gonna just get up and you're gonna run up the mountain and I, and I go what <laughs> I've got to run up the mountain he went, just run just run so I'm just going running for hell and I just we just jump off the mountain and oh it's so silent and then I look up and I see a vulture <laughs> I think <laughs> Not today, not today. <laughs> but you look down at all these people and the mountains there and it, and I'm singing away. I, when I'm in my happy place, I'm singing out aloud. And I, I'm looking around and I'm kind of taking pictures, hold on to my camera for dear life, just going, oh my God, this is the best thing ever because these people are like dots and I'm just up here just admiring. I'm, I'm with the birds with the birds and it, it, it was just beautiful so yeah I, I just love a little bit of risk taking even at my age now so yeah you that's know, awesome you only live once yeah. don't you well yeah in my view other people may think not but yeah you know, that that's yeah. what I think that is awesome and I I love hearing how you like 
take advantage of those opportunities, right? Even with gospel singing, you saw the choir and you said, next year, that's going to be me, you know, and you went and did it. You saw, you know, that people thought you might be a good teacher and you said, yeah, I feel like called to do that. I'm going to go and do that. And then you, and then you see these opportunities to do these other crazy things and you go and do them. I mean, before, in our quick questions that I asked you beforehand, you mentioned that the most beautiful sight you've ever seen is standing on top of the Alps, you know, looking out and there's these clouds and blue sky. And, and you're looking down on the clouds. That's a thing. Normally you're looking up at them, but this time there are honestly big balls of fluffy cotton wool and you stand there going, I'm on top of the world right now. The sun is shining. The snow is crispy. I have, you can, when the snow lands on your clothing, you can see the formations. You know, you normally in, in your science teaching, in your science group, you have to look under a microscope. You can see the shapes when they land because you're so high up. And it, it's absolutely beautiful. It's just stunning. I can't, I can't explain it to you enough how good it is. Yeah. You know? oh. Yeah. That is so cool. It is beautiful. And so I want to hear now kind of, as we lead into the last little bit of the podcast, uh, what kind of things are you doing? Because you mentioned that you retired last year. What kind of things are you doing to kind of uh, keep that momentum and, and keep that rolling? Yeah, I'll, I'll just, yeah, say I early retired. <laughs> so, because I, <laughs> yeah, the idea was, yeah, do you know what? I, I have enough money. I don't need to get a do this stuff anymore I need to live for me I we just we were going to go away we we're going to travel we were going to try and work in the Alps for six months and just do some chalet stuff and then ski 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 and then we were going to go to a country we might just do some work there and just and I've always wanted to do some voluntary abroad well of course Covid came I was at the airport I got an email from a school I was going to to say, please don't come to the country because we won't let you in. And I'm standing there going, what, well, what do I do? And I had to literally turn back and get on the train. But that gave me an opportunity because I managed then to sing with my band for a, a, a street band that night that was doing a gig. So I went, well, you know, one door closes, another one opens. So the fact that I couldn't travel anywhere, I had to think, what am I going to do? And my son said, well, you started to write that book. And I went, yeah, but that's just for me. And he went, no, no, no. The world needs to hear about the things you get up to, the things the students do, and your relationship with the students. So I published a book. I'm promoting the book. I'm writing a second book. I've started to work for a, um, a fostering agency on the panel side. So I'm interviewing parents about the possibilities of, of fostering. I'm working with the university, looking at, talking to their graduate teachers about classroom management and, and how you can manage better and, and give them talks and all those kind of things. So I, and I've done a, a, a foreign kind of language course. So when I, if I need to teach abroad, I've, I've, I've done that. And I thought, just do it. And then I've gone, Maxine, you can slow down. But it's weird because I'm so used to just going, oh, I need to do this, this, this. I just haven't given myself a holiday, but I don't feel as anxious and as tired as I used to be. And so I can, like yesterday, my friend phoned me up and said, do you want to walk? And so we went off for three hours to some alpaca farm and walked and saw an owl and came back. And it was just great. And I thought, oh, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be chilling. But that still feels like a reward, you know, so... Yeah, so so it's been good. I've been able to be 
creative and I didn't think I'd, I was creative. Although we talked about me taking risks, the one thing I won't do is play the piano in front of anybody. I have the, I, I don't tell me, I don't know why. I, have, I will sing. I've sang at, at my friend's wedding in France in front of the whole village, uh, you know, but to, to sit and play, no. I, I just, it, it will break me out into all kinds of ridiculous stuff. I, I can't do it. I can't say. So, wow, really? I, yeah, I know. It, it, but you can play. I, you know, even after 10 years, I'm still saying I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's mostly kind of a classical because it wouldn't be the thing I would normally do because I wouldn't know a good piece of classical music to learn to play. So I kind of choose some more jazzy kind of stuff because I like, jazz music too and my piano teacher will he'll choose a classical and so we have this nice thing and then he'll say to me so this year do you think you'll you want to sit an exam i go no (laughs) (laughs) why do i need to be stressed and sit in front of a 10 next to a 10 year old who's taking their grade seven exam Mm -hmm. no i i'm no (laughs) see (laughs) confession's good for the soul i love that (laughs) hey you gotta do what's right for you you know and you know, you got to find yeah. the right adventures for you. And uh, real quick, before we get into the rest of it, you mentioned your book. Would you mind telling us where we can find it? Kind of give a little plug for it. Yeah, my book's called um, Don't Poo in the Pudding Bowl. And I know if you're not British, you won't understand the pudding bowl. It's just, it's like hot pudding. Okay. And there was literal poo in it whilst I was teaching. So how I manage that one is a, a, an interesting <laughs> episode, I have to say. So I have to laugh every time I think about it because it's just so awkward and awful. And yeah, steaming, not steaming, stale, not stale. Those are the questions fellow teachers ask me. Uh, and you can find it at maxinblake.com or on any Amazon site. Perfect. Any country. Yeah. I can have links for that down in the show notes. And I know it feels a little bit weird to do kind of a plug, you know, with a few minutes remaining in the podcast, but I just like to get it in where it fits where it fits best. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and so I, I'm curious, what are the things that you are hoping for in the future? We've talked about, you know, going and working in the Alps and going and traveling abroad. Are there any like big, big dreams that you've yet to accomplish? Um, right. So the, there's a walk called the Camino de Santiago which is called the Way of St. James. And it's a month's walk around, it's like a pilgrimage walk in in Spain. Mm-hmm. And there's a film, so if you know about, I think it's Martin Sheen, he's done a film called The Way when he's, he's filming, he's done the walk. And um, I, I would like to do that because that's a big month's commitment and I know I can do that now. Um, where you are, yeah, you've got your rucksack and you're just walking, you, you, you get a book stamped and you, you, you can do it in sections. You know, but you can do it because I, I, when I first started holiday in a different way, my husband and I did something called the Tour de Mont Blanc. And the Mont Blanc is the, the biggest mountain in Europe. And so we walked up and down around the mountains and it takes about 14 days. And we did it with just rucksacks, compasses and maps. That's when our friend said, oh, you're either going to come back divorced or you'll find that you actually get on together because it exposes those bits that you never want exposing in terms of well we're the wrong direction we're lost now this is the top of the mountain we've got nowhere to stay and and all that kind of stuff so that was a real big test and from from the time we did that we went this is what we should be doing 
and I also like to travel on my own too. So I'd like to do some more of that. Um, and so we're bringing out a bit of um, a traveling website too. So it'll have bits of me as a black woman traveling on her own because that brings different experiences as well, as well as a couple traveling and looking at ethical traveling and um, how to you know do things locally rather than big companies and so on. So we're really big on, on that kind of thing. I love it. Yeah, you're gonna have to keep me updated on that because that that's right up my alley. Yeah. Um, and so one last question for you here, which is what I ask all of my guests at the end of the podcast. It is at the end of your life, when you're looking back on everything you've already accomplished up to this point, and everything you've yet to accomplish, all the travels you're going to do and the places you're going to visit, what are the things you're going to look back on with the most pride and with the most satisfaction? Wow, that's a, that's a deep question. That's a deep question. Okay, so one of the things that we have, we tend to have lots of, we have quite a big house. Um, that's probably relative because Britain, they tend not to be that big, but ours is quite a big house. And we have big sort of dinner parties or garden parties. Um, and I remember a friend a couple of years ago saying to people, she was introducing herself and she's really quite a little bit extrovert. And she said, so who hasn't then lived in this house for a bit of time? And, and I suddenly thought, oh my goodness, we've been a refuge for friends and family who have nowhere to go. We have put them up and it might've been, can you put me up for a few weeks to turn to months to even a couple of years? And we have been that house where people will just come up because they can, they can come and they know that we would never reject anyone. You know, so I'm I'm so proud that we are able to do that, not just for our family, but but for friends too. And they've managed to, whatever, whatever situation they've been in, they've managed to gather them together with good food and talk because our kitchen is a place where everybody goes, this is where you go for healing. This is where you go to talk things out where there's good food and you can, we can be here for hours. And so lots of people, and I'd realised that, I thought, oh yeah, we, we've put lots of people up and that they've, they've just stayed. Maybe we shouldn't be such a good host, but that, that's the thing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm, I'm just so proud that we are, we are able to do that, you know, and I'd like to say we'd con like to continue to do that more and maybe one, so we do things by deed and maybe for me, because I grew up not being, not being able to talk too much about feelings and emotions, I'm still working on, talking through those and yeah and hugging even though we can't hug now i went whoa i'm in my happy place here because nobody can ask to hug me because i'll just go ah don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so even now i'm just going yeah i might like the odd hug from somebody so yeah yeah i i i'm working on that bit and it, it'll get there it'll get there you know so yeah so it's good so and, it, and it's good to talk and just making sure that people are okay because I realize I'm in a very, very lucky position. You know, I have security, I've got a home, and there are people who are, who are out there that haven't got a home or who are on their own, that are only listening to themselves. So I'm just pleased that I've managed to reach out to quite a few people and drag them out and go for walks and just, as we said, shooting the breeze and just just talking, because just, just talking is, is, is good. It's good for the soul, as well as the singing. Yeah, you know? yeah, it, it kind of come, comes all the way around, right? Uh, being there for people and, and filling up their soul, whether it's through gospel music or uh, good food or adventure or a walk or whatever it is. I love it. 
Yeah. Uh, and yeah. with that, I just want to say thank you very much for joining me. Oh, it's been an absolute honor and privilege. I didn't realize I'd love talking about myself so much. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> And thank you, not just for listening to and supporting the show, but also for listening to the people around you. Remember to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.